0: Well, we are gonna spend the rest of our morning today allowing you a chance to get to know the elders that are in the final stages of a vetting process to join our elder team. And so I believe you should have um, with you an insert in your program this morning. We had those last week, I know, as well. Uh, They're not in there. All right, mental note. I've now gotten that wrong, two out of three services. I've got one more chance to get it right. Last week, there was an insert. Uh, There's also a website that we've set up that have all the names of these individuals, their testimonies, their profiles. You can get to know them on our website. In fact, I'll give you permission if you wanna just pull it up on your phone even now because you're not gonna hear everything you'll wanna know about these men when they're up here. But let me catch you up on our process. Uh, It's actually been several years that we've been talking about wanting to renew and refresh our elder team. The current elders that are serving on the team have been here a very, very long time, and they need a break. Uh, They've been through a lot. And uh, God's given us incredible highs and lows at fellowship. And it's time, it is a good season for us to refresh and renew that elder team. So over the next 18 months or so, we're actually gonna be rolling all the the long-time standing elders off and refreshing the team. Now, you don't wanna do that all at once, but you wanna do it in stages. And so this is the first stage. We've got five candidates that Lord Willing will be rolling on the board. We'll have several of our current board that will be rolling off later on this year. We hope to hope to be bringing two or three more uh, candidates to you that will be coming on the board to allow others to come off and then we'll probably do about one more round of that sometime uh, in 2019. So in that time frame, we're gonna gradually be able to refresh that entire board. And this first round is pretty significant. When you're gonna add five men to a board, that's a pretty significant addition, a pretty significant change. I also wanna tell you, I could not be more excited about these particular men that God has raised up. They've been in a process a long time. Uh, Some of them actually, their process began about a year and a half ago. Others have entered in a little bit more recently than that, but it's been a lot of vetting, a lot of conversations, a lot of meetings, and a lot of prayer up until this point. If you were here last week, Lloyd honestly did a phenomenal job teaching on elders. And if you weren't here last week, this really is one of those messages that we want to ask you to go back and watch or listen to just because you're part of this body. We want you to know how we're governed. Different churches have different governing systems. We believe that the Bible clearly teaches a plurality of leaders. That means there's not just one man who leads this church, it's actually a team of men. Fellowship has always been elder led. Uh, We have something in our bylaws that sort of dictates we can have staff and laymen or or lay leaders on our elder team, but we always have to have more lay leaders than staff members. So that's been the case, currently is the case, will continue to be the case as well. Now, those that are not on staff are a little bit invisible. Their their work is primarily behind the scenes. And we've recognized in recent months that we want to change that. Uh, You've told us, hey, we want to get to know these elders better. We don't even really know who they are. And we've realized that's something that we could have done better. So we want to take some steps to change that. This morning is one of those steps. You're going to get to know these men up close and personal. I also want to invite you to a meet and greet with all the elders, the, the current team, as well as the new ones that are being considered for the board. Um, and it's going to be coming up on February 6th. Make sure I get the, the date right for this. On February 6th, that's a Tuesday. It's a drop-in from 6 to 8 p.m. So anytime between 6 and 8, just come, meet them, say hello, shake their hand, ask a question, whatever you'd like to do during that time. It'll be in the loft, which is over in our barn um, venue, barn building over there, upstairs. And we'll have signage for you on that evening. And then on um, uh, February 9th is the last day where if you have any concern or feedback about any of the character of these five men for you to submit that, You can do that by emailing the elder team You can get that information on that same website where you see the names and profiles and testimonies of the five individuals. And then on February 18th, which is a few Sundays from now, we're actually going to install the new elders along with the current team. We'll all be up here and we'll have a little bit of an installation service on the 18th, at least for this first round one, and then do that again uh, once or twice more in the next uh, year or so. Now, uh, I wanna go ahead and bring them up. I'll introduce them as they come up. You'll get to know them. Men, wherever you are, uh, here and there, scattered abroad, come on um, come on up. Chris White, Rob Howard, Mike Vogt, Larry Kayser. And men, I'm gonna ask you just to... Um, To begin with, just introduce yourselves a little bit. I think we've got some family photos that are going to come up on these side screens. And so one by one, I'm just going to ask these men, share a little bit about their story. And and why don't don't you actually just introduce your families and tell us why you're here at at Fellowship. All right. And Rob, why don't we start
1: here with you? Sure. Rob Howard, my wife, Kirsten, and I uh, met in college at Baylor University Uh, We've been married 23 years. We moved to Nashville just after we got married. We have three kids. Caleb is 19, and he's a sophomore at University of Tennessee. We have to say that because UT for us still means University of Texas. Um, We have a 16-year-old daughter, Sarah, who's a junior at Brentwood High School. And we have a son, Ben, who's 12, and he's a sixth grader at Brentwood Middle Uh, We came uh, about 13 years ago, and when we were uh, looking for a new church, we had three things in mind in this order. We wanted really strong biblical teaching. We had two young children. Ben was not born yet, and we wanted a really good uh, learning center to help them grow in their faith, and then we wanted authentic worship, and when we came here and found all three, uh, we knew this was a place for us.
2: Good morning, my name is Mike, um, and uh, my family is on the screen. My beautiful wife, Lynn, uh, 29 years old. My oldest daughter, Elizabeth, 14. And my young daughter, Amy, uh, is 12. How
0: does that all work out, by the way? Yeah, it's good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. so we, uh, my wife and I got engaged uh, in the end of t- late 2001. We got married early 2002, and we moved out to Tennessee uh, summer of 2002 to take over a business. And uh, when we came here, we did what everyone does. You go kind of church shopping. You look for, uh, you know, what, try to find the fit uh, of what you're looking for. And we, were, we uh, tried a number of different places, but when we landed at Fellowship Bible Church, which back then was at the Franklin High School. Brian P-Tack was the worship leader. Like, this was a long time ago. Um, I found really authentic worship, as Rob had described. Um, you can find good music anywhere in this town, um, but we found really heart-focused worship at Fellowship Bible Church. And I often went home after a Sunday morning sermon feeling like I had almost been punched in the gut with how convicted I was after a message. These people weren't just trying to make me feel good sitting in the pews. They were trying to really get in my face and challenge me. And that, that really... Uh, I, I was moved by that, and I felt this was going to be home, and it has been that way since uh, 2002. Mm. So Great.
3: Yeah. Good morning. I'm Chris White, and uh, about 10 years ago, I got married to a beautiful lady from South Dakota. We've got, uh, we've got three kiddos, uh, very energetic uh, and exciting kiddos. Jake, he's, he's six, Annie is four, and Mila Jean's about 15 months old. Uh, We live on a small acreage out towards Leeper's Fork. We've got uh, a donkey, two miniature goats, uh, 25 chickens, a dog, and two cats. And um, that's our world. You sure you have time to elder? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, My my parents started coming to fellowship when we were back at the Franklin campus. And so when I came back from uh, Knoxville in 2006, fellowship was home. It really wasn't a question because I had grown up in... Uh, in, the, in the sound biblical teaching, and I knew that's where I wanted to be here moving forward. Um, the, we're at the Franklin campus. The community that has been developed in Franklin has been so sweet uh, and a very, very, uh, just a wonderful thing for our family. We were built for community. That's how God designed us, and so that's been a real sweet thing for us. Um, and I think one of the things that we're, that we're most excited about is, is the intentionality. Of the body, and you know, when you see the the baptisms up here, and people are so excited to be intentional and proclaim their faith, um, that is one of the things that we're really excited to be a part of here uh, moving forward.
4: Good morning, Uh, my name is Larry Kayser, and our family is uh, growing. (laughs) I've been married to my beautiful bride and we're heading towards 39 years this year. And uh, we've got four daughters who are all married and in their 37, 35, 33, and 31. And we have 10 grandchildren, in the picture there's only nine, the 10th one is still in the oven there. But uh, he joined us last September, so it's a last summer picture. But uh, yeah, we are thrilled uh, to be here, and, and uh, our family is a huge part of our world, as it is for most of you. And when we came here 12 years ago, we came here from Michigan 12 years ago, and um, a couple of things that really were important to us when we came here, one of them was, like for all of us up here, the commitment to Scriptures, to the Word of God, you know, was a non-negotiable, and that's always been such a, a hallmark and a strength, not just to teach the Scriptures, but to apply the scriptures to our head, heart, mind, body, and soul, like the whole part of the person. And the second thing that attracted us uh, powerfully was the church's commitment that people grow best when the Word of God is shared in the context of authentic relationship and then this commitment to move that outside of this church building out into the communities. And so we're excited about... uh, not only our past in that regard, but we're excited about what might be coming ahead. Amen.
0: So I want you to have this context. We are right currently one church with three campuses. We're gonna be moving toward Two churches, Lloyd announced last week the Nashville campus will be launching to become an autonomous church that's closely related to fellowship. That'll happen over a two-year period. But one of the early steps for that is they're gonna be developing their own elder board in the next six to 12 months. So the elder board that these men are interested in, and aspiring to serve on, and that we are uh, um, uh, checking their qualifications around is the elder board that will serve the two campuses of Fellowship Bible Church moving forward, which is the Franklin campus and the Brentwood campus. So you mentioned, for example, that Chris attends Franklin campus. We're gonna have a representation from both of those campus on the board. So wanted to make sure that was clear. The current board has seven men on it. If we add five men to that, we'll be taking off two or three of this first go around. We think about 12 individuals, 10 to 12 is about the right size elder board for a church our size. So that's what we are gearing toward. And I want you to kind of get to know these men at another level now because uh, I love all of them as I've gotten to know them over the three and a half years that I've been here at Fellowship. And uh, I, meant, I told you I couldn't be more thrilled that these are the men that are sitting up here beside me for this, and I really mean that. And I wanna ask you men if you would do something. Um, they've, heard, they've seen your family, they've heard about why you came to fellowship. I'd love for them to hear about what God's been doing in your life. Uh, tell us a story of God at work in you, from current day, past, wherever you wanna grab
1: that from. And Rob, why don't we start back again with you? Sure, some significant growth for me um, happened about five or six, or began about five or six years ago. And most of my adult life, I've served a church, part-time or full-time, and I'm a, I'm a hard worker. I'm a busy guy, and I get about my doing, and I do, and I do, and I do. And five or six years ago, a friend asked me, said, well, what's it like for you to be with Jesus? And what I realized is that for me to be with Jesus meant that I would do something with Jesus, or do something for Jesus, or serve Jesus. And I began to realize that my relationship, it looked a lot like a side-by-side relationship. To be with Jesus, I would do things with Jesus. And so the question was, well, then what would a face-to-face relationship look like? And if you think about Jesus' words in John 15, If I am the the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I've spent a lot of my life squeezing out all the fruit that I can, not understanding that that doing flows from that deep well of relationship and abiding and being with Jesus. For most of my life, a, a good pursuit has been to find God and to know God and to love God. And that is good, and there's so much more. And the shift for me has been, how do I sit with Jesus and let him find me? Let myself truly be known by Jesus. Let myself be loved by Jesus. Not hide anything away as if I really could. And the posture of, of humility and vulnerability, honesty, is really changing me. And I pray that now that the, the fruit really Flows out of that deep well, that relationship that's rich and fulfilling. And I pray that that fruit is healthy. And I think it is because of that. I know I am healthier. Mm.
0: You know, church, I've only known Rob since I arrived uh, three and a half years. And uh, the way he describes who he was and who he's becoming, I've only known the Rob that is becoming. And it's a beautiful thing. And the thing that I could tell you working with him day in, day out, he still is a doer. He gets a lot done, but this part of him that is being with Jesus, that deep well of, of spiritual depth, is something that he serves our church phenomenally in, and I wanted you all to know that. Mike, tell us something that God's done in your life.
2: Sure, um, I wanna back the clock up a little bit. Um, I was uh, just a few months before my 21st birthday uh, when I uh, A good friend of mine led me to the Lord, and it was within three months of that decision to accept Christ that I also became an entrepreneur for the first time. And those two decisions way long ago in my past uh, have in many respects kind of defined me or shaped Mm -hmm. me. They've actually become my two great loves in life, Uh, following Christ and knowing what it is to be a believer and to uh, be a presence in the marketplace as well. Um, and one of the things that the Lord has laid on my heart over my years walking with him is how can I be a very intentional Christian in the marketplace? How can I be one who very takes a very clear and very intentional stand for the Lord? while well, I'm at work every day, uh, and I had a, uh, a bit of a privileged opportunity. I was a business owner, so I got to uh, make my own business kind of my experiment, and I got to try out some cool different things and see how I could make Christ known through my business to my employees, to my customers, and uh, over, the, over the length of time that I owned a business, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then I sold my business a couple years ago, and now I'm a, a coach of businesses uh, in, the, in the franchising world. But I love that I get to still try to make Christ known in the marketplace. Mm. Um, and so one of the things the Lord has placed on my heart is just, you know, I think so many of us, we go to work on Monday morning. And we kind of forget that, you know, we, are, we first identify as a follower of Christ, as, as one who has been changed uh, by Christ, and we have to be intentional to make that known. We can't be covert, we can't be undercover. We need to live intentionally for the Lord. Um, and so that's something that's been really strong in my heart over mm. the years, and something that I wanna help to bring uh, to Fellowship Bible as well. And can I do my shameless plug?
0: Do your shameless plug. I got a
2: shameless plug. In your bulletin on the right hand side if your, uh, of your bulletin was handed out, you'll see that there's a study in the barn that's kicking off next week on, uh, on Sunday. During the second service time, which I know was this time, but the study in the barn will be led by Dick Giggy, who's the founder and owner of ThriftSmart. I'll be teaching in it as well, so will Jeff Runyon. But we're going to be doing a four-week series called Thriving in Babylon, which is exactly focused on what I've just spoken about, and that is how to live out your faith well in the marketplace or wherever your vocation places you.
0: Yeah, fantastic. That's one of the things I love about Mike and something that I share in his passion for how do we equip you, those of you that are out in other vocations beyond ministry, how do we equip you to live your faith in a way that's vibrant? And, and Mike lives that out every single day, and and by the way, I'll join your shameless plug. Um, By the way, we do have other services besides 935, just mention that as well, and eight o'clock and 1110. So come to that Study in the Barn and this service, and then go to eight o'clock or 1110. It would help out free some space in this room as well. Um, Many of you have heard Mike teach. He is a phenomenal teacher. In fact, he's preached up here before, will continue to preach from time to time as well, and if you haven't heard Mike teach, you're really in for a treat. brilliant mind, also
3: loves Jesus deeply. So, Mike, we're thrilled that you're here. Thanks, man. So, God saved me on November 8th, 2006. Um, he's, he's aggressively been changing my heart since then, the last couple years of uh, really it's been amazing to watch God work. And I believe that 2017 will, will be one of those years that my wife and I will always look back and go, wow. God showed up over and over and over. Uh, this elder process has been has been an interesting one. Um, mine started back in September of 2016. I joked earlier because they had to vet me out a little bit longer than everybody else, I think. But um, I walked into this elder process arrogant. I, the, we had nine guys at the Franklin campus that we started going through a book called Gospel Eldership. And I walked in that first week and and Rob asked us, so why are you guys here? And I started telling everybody about how God had been developing me into a leader over the years and um, how when I look through the elder qualifications, I check all the boxes. It was just crazy. And... There are guys sitting around me that are going, well, I, I love Jesus, and I want to serve, so that's why I'm here. Uh, Jack Reagan, I'll never forget it, he said, I don't even think I qualify to be an elder, but you guys asked me to be here, so I'm here. It was that kind of humility, but I walked in arrogant. Well, the first week, we started going through gospel eldership, and I found myself weeping as I read that book. And it was as if God opened up my heart, and he goes, hey, kiddo, you think you got it all figured out? No, you don't. And he put a microscope over my heart, and he said, no, this is actually all the junk in there. Let's take a look. And what he revealed to me is that I had a really big approval idol. I had this idea of Chris White, the Chris White that, that, that I thought that people would like this guy. And so I was yearning and striving and doing everything I could to be that that guy and God in his kindness and his love he just said no kiddo I made you the way that I made you and this is who you are in me and so this year has been an amazing process 2017 marks the first time in my entire life that I took the mask off that I'm the man that God designed me to be in every facet of my life 2017 was an amazing year. This process has been amazing uh, for me. And God continues. This, this theme we heard in the, uh, with all the baptisms, that God pursues. God's continuing to pursue me and continuing to change me every day. Mm. Amen.
0: Um, you know, when I think about the context that we do ministry in, in, in Williamson County, Tennessee, uh, there are a lot of Chris Whites out there, and by that I mean guys that have been really successful, that have done well, kind of have the good life, and yeah, their, their relationship with God, a relationship with Christ, if they're a believer, is a part of it. And what we've seen happen in Chris's life, and he sort of alluded to that story, is a depth of loving Christ, being vulnerable, being authentic. Y'all have never met him before, and he's talking about his arrogance. And, and I, I love that about you, Chris. And I just wanted to say, uh, I think Chris is a man who has grown and is growing in that depth of Christ-likeness that's becoming evident to everyone. So, excited for you to be here, brother.
4: You know, this year will mark my uh, 30th year in ministry. And, um, you know, you spend a lot of time preparing uh, to teach other people. You spend a lot of time reading the scriptures for others. You spend a lot of time writing lessons and outlines for other people. And pretty soon, you know, if you're not careful, that's all you find yourself doing. And so for me in the last several months, uh, it has been sort of a renewed quest again to keep my own heart authentic and real with those that I'm in ministry with and with my wife and my children. And just before Christmas, I came across a book that some of you in the room will be familiar with, Out of the Blue, which is Greg Murtha's story. He died uh, after about a five-year battle with cancer. And um, that's one of those books. I actually bought a copy for all my kids for Christmas. And it's one of those books that after I read it, I literally set it down and I said, Lord, would you please not just let this be another book I read? Like, will you let this settle in and sink into my heart and my soul? Because the main idea is how this incredibly awful battle with cancer changed him. And he went from, from being a leader, being a, you know, really get after it kind of guy, which he still continued to be, but, it, but the heart changed in it all. And, you know, you can spend a lot of your time thinking about how you get people to come to church. How do you fill the seats? You know, can you invite your neighbor to a men's ministry event and those are all okay but really you know the bending and broken people in the world aren't really looking for an invitation to church they're looking for us to be the church and so in the last six eight weeks that has been a really renewed prayer in my own heart now just a quick little thing I was at a conference in Florida about two weeks ago and I had to take an uber back to the airport and and I prayed And I don't always do this. I prayed, Lord, is there something, is there a way for me to be the church here? So this guy pulled up in a Land Rover to pick me up, which was pretty unique for an Uber, and uh, found out it was his second time that he had driven anybody in an Uber. (laughs) He was a pretty wealthy commercial real estate developer that's retired who couldn't play enough tennis and enough golf to fill his days. So we had about a 45 minute ride to the airport, and he began to tell me about his life and his marriage and found out that he's about ready to lose his second marriage and how deeply he didn't want to do that. And this gave me this great chance to share with him the gospel in the context of what God meant by marriage. And by the time I left, I had hooked him up to a place to get some marriage help and had a chance to pray over him and share the gospel. And there were two more of those things before I got home that day. And I, I only say that to say to you that hasn't always been the spirit with which I walk around, being aware of needs around me to be the church, and that's something I'm really asking Jesus to change in me permanently.
0: When I think about Larry, and you know, many of you know he's our, our pastor of our marriage ministry, and, and all the people that are involved in that ministry, when you talk to them about the ministry, you talk about Larry, they just can't say enough about this man. And as I've gotten to know Larry, uh, here's how I'd say it. There, there are a few people in my life that I want to be like when I grow up, and Larry's one of those guys for me. Uh, just very excited, Larry, for you to consider this opportunity. And for all these men, uh, let me pull back the curtain just a minute. Um, Chris alluded to this process that's been going on for a year and a half, at least for him almost. It's been that long, and for, for others, almost as long. We identified a number of men, and then from that number that we considered, we chose about 20 to walk in a process with us and we went through a book and we prayed together and got to know them and it was both sort of to see how the, the, the qualifications would play out but also to see really how the spirit would lead. You don't know when you go into a process like this who God is raising up, who God is prompting and a number of those men as they got into it and they learned about what eldering would entail said, you know what, I love this church but I don't think I'm at a season of life right now that I can do this. Others as we got to know them we said, man, Keep doing what you're doing. I don't think eldering's the right fit for you. And God was at work in the lives of these four. And I wanted you to know that because when you hear these stories, I know for me, I won't speak for you, for me, every single one of these men, I'm like, I can't wait to have you on that elder board. And I don't wanna count the chickens before they're hatched, but I believe that God has raised these men up for such a time as this in our church's history. And so men, the last question I wanna ask you is this, as you think about fellowship moving forward, What's something that's on your heart? What, what, what are you excited about? What would you love to see God do in this place? And, and anybody who wants to jump in can just start, but I want to give you all a chance to answer very briefly. We don't have a lot of time.
1: Okay. <laughs> There's a, been a phrase in my mind for about the last year and a half, and that is finding God in all things. And I'm excited because I just see the spirit at work all around us. We saw signs of life this morning in, in baptism with that. And you know, my responsibility on staff is to lead our Brentwood staff. And I see the spirit at work in the togetherness and the unity and the joy and the energy and excitement of our staff. Uh, I see the spirit at work in our staff's renewed energy around prayer in our churches. Uh, renewed focus on prayer. That's exciting.
3: Uh, I would, I'll, sorry, Mike. Um, Williamson County is an interesting place to live. It's got the seventh highest median income in the country. And when you factor in the cost of living, it's the wealthiest county in the country. Um, affluence, I believe, is the enemy's, one, one of the enemy's, enemy's greatest tools. um, I think Billy Graham once famously said that uh, he would argue that only 25% of people sitting in chairs actually have a, have a saving faith or a relationship with Christ. And um, that absolutely breaks my heart, to think that we would have 75% of the people here um, that, that aren't enjoying a relationship with Jesus. And I feel like uh, we have been... Uh, John 15 talks about uh, about pruning. And I feel like our church has been in a pruning process. And pruning very often can be uh, sad and heartbreaking and really really tough, and we've experienced that here. But I do think that God has been alive and at work through that entire process. And the reason for this pruning is to so that you can bear more fruit. And I feel like God has started to distill a group of, of leaders, of intentional believers here at our church. And my hope for us is that we can get outside of these four walls and be the hands and feet of Christ to go out and, and do our part in the mission that God has laid out before us to make disciples and engage people and love people and speak truth Um, and and go out and make disciples that make disciples. Um, And I think we're ripe and ready for that. I think that God's been working through that, and I believe that he will continue to bear that fruit here. Amen. Amen.
2: Yeah, sanctification is the continual process of becoming more like Christ, and that's something that occurs over a period of prolonged time, and it's an intentional effort. Uh, And I remember being in a service, this was long ago, uh, where uh, there was a state of the church address and uh, the teaching pastors were up front and they were kind of saying, here's, here's where we're at as a church. And I remember one of them saying that Sunday morning that, hey, here's where we're going and here's what we're doing. We're, going, we're looking for committed believers who are all about radical life change. And he said, I- I'm sorry, if you're not on board with that, then I need your chair. And I said, wow, did he just say that out loud in church? Like he just de-invited people to come back, right? So I'm like, man, I I wanna be a part of that. I wanna be a part of a church that's committed and passionate, and it's not gonna be lackadaisical about life change and about becoming more like Christ. It's painful, it involves pruning, and it's a little messy, but I wanna be on that train. I wanna become more like Christ so that people will be drawn to the Christ that's in me. Mm -hmm. So
3: anyways.
4: Yeah, everything that's been said, I second for sure. You know, we're coming into our, it's our 20th year of ministry as a church, and, you know, we have a lot of heritage to draw from, um, a lot of powerful heritage, a lot of um, uh, godly heritage, a lot of fruit, both in our international stuff and and, uh, our commitment to the word of God, but we have been in a pruning process, and some of it's been pretty painful, and here's what I know is true about God, and it's one of the reasons I'm so excited about the next season for us is that God simply does not waste pain. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. And he's not going to waste the pain that we've had here. And so I'm really fired up as we turn the page to the next season of life here at Fellowship. Um, Can't wait to see what God has in store because he will not waste our pain. Amen. Amen. Well, here's how we want to close our service. We want to pray for you all.
0: Um, The role of an elder, although it does involve some governing, some decision-making at the core of it, an elder is a shepherd. In the New Testament, the word elder and pastor are interchangeable all throughout the New Testament. And so these men, should they come onto the elder board, are essentially joining the pastoral team. Some paid for their work, some unpaid for their work, but all shepherds of this body. And they love you. They care for you. They would not be sitting up here if their heart was not for Christ's work in you. So I'm gonna ask them, I'll I'll begin us men, but I'm gonna ask you if you would join me in prayer for this congregation that God is stirring in us the energy and capacity and passion to lead. So let's all bow our heads as we pray for you. Our Father, I do so love these people and I don't know so many of them yet, but you've given a heart to me for Fellowship Bible Church. And the men and the women and the young men and women and the kids and teenagers and students and the marriages and the losses and the hardships and the joys and the vocations. It's all just one big, beautiful mix. And as a shepherd of this congregation, Father, I pray that you would bless them, that you would empower them by your spirit, that you would be close to them, that they would feel loved by you and feel loved by the leaders of their church, And I pray, Father, that you would continue to lead us into a spacious place for the glory of your son, Jesus Christ.
4: Father, thank you for every life in this room and those that are not in this room today that are part of this body. Lord, thank you for the privilege of being in relationship with so many of them. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to shepherd a body and Lord, as I think specifically about the area of marriage and family, Lord, I just want to pray that you would continue to give us the tools to fight the enemy who is specifically, Lord, trying to destroy homes. And Lord, I pray that you would help us learn to build gospel-centered marriages that become gospel-centered homes, that become gospel-centered beacons in the neighborhood and in the marketplace. Lord, that we would be uh, rooted in love, grace, humility, forgiveness, kindness, sacrifice, gentleness, all the things that express the gospel one to another, right first and foremost, starting in our homes so that we can take it beyond those walls. Thank you. So Lord, thank you, and would you strengthen our marriages and homes here.
3: Father, you're good. You're so good. You're so gracious. It's a joy and an honor to be your child, to have the opportunity to proclaim the gospel that you allowed us to hear. Father, I ask uh, for all of us a boldness to share the gospel, to spread it, to get outside of these walls Get in the marketplace, get in our community, and may we share that good news. Unapologetically, we ask that you give us a boldness to reach the lost, to love them well, to speak truth into their life, to walk with them, to serve them. I ask, Father, that that by your spirit, you will help us do that because there is no other way that we can do it without you. Thank you for loving us the way that you do, always and forever, no matter what, perfectly.
2: Lord, many of us are going to report to some place of work tomorrow morning, and we're going to spend six or eight or ten hours in the presence of other people engaging in the marketplace in some way, whether we are at a hospital or a school or a business or a nonprofit. Lord, we all have influence in the place where we will spend eight hours of our day. So, Father, I pray for... Uh, the courage and the conviction but also the clarity to steward that responsibility well to live for you and to be even strategic lord about how we might do that well father help us to be mindful to be your ambassadors wherever we are planted and lord i just ask that you would um, convict our hearts and to look for opportunities to make you known Mm -hmm. in your name
1: And Father, I pray that we would be a church walking in an ever-deepening relationship with You, knowing and loving You more each day, and letting ourselves be fully known and fully loved by You. May we grow as we embrace the truth of Your Word, as we live in community with each other, in communion with You, And may may we be known by your love as we give our lives away. Lord, we want to love you with our whole heart and soul and mind and strength. You are worthy. You are a good, good God. Your kindness leads us to repentance. Your mercies are new every morning. Your grace is a gift and your love is never-ending. Thank you for being a never-ending God that will not change. We love you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you'd stand to your feet, we're going to send you
0: out in just a minute. I want to let you know these men will be right up here in the front. Love to give you a chance to meet them. Also on February 6th, stop by to meet them and our whole elder team as well at that meet and greet. We are gathered every week in order to scatter. So we gathered on Sunday morning. We've heard the gospel proclaimed. We've seen it visually embodied through baptisms. You've heard stories of life change among these men that would be your shepherds, that would be your leaders. And so now go with joy, go with peace and receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. In the name of Christ, amen.